Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. I think, Andy, that was maybe my best intro I've ever done. And it's been it's been a minute since we've done this. Yeah, listeners, you don't see this, but that was just one take, which is remarkable. Yeah. This never happens. <laughs> yeah, we went straight from talking to our kids to uh, yeah introducing a podcast. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, yeah, we've been, I mean, not on hiatus. We had a couple of special episodes, which if you haven't heard, you should go back and listen to. I'm sure some of you pulled up your podcast player and you're going to be excited to see that. Oh goodness. This one is not two hours long. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it'll just be uh, Andy and I today and we're going to you know, kind of go back to a little bit of a normal schedule, I think. And just to review the last couple episodes were our uh, build a dungeon and then play a dungeon episodes, mm-hmm. which I guess yeah. we've done it twice. So it's an annual tradition now. So yeah, if you didn't get a chance to check those out um, and that sounds at all palatable to you, uh, go ahead and check mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about like what we learned, you know, with those either on this episode or in future ones. I'm sure, it'll come up come up a bunch. But um, yeah, I I know that it was personally very fun for me, and it was great to have a bunch of bunch of folks on. Yep. You know, previous yeah previous guests and um, some new players and things like that. So, um, yeah. But before we dive into kind of the rest of this episode, I wanted to talk through a little D six table that we put together actually off air. Um, we asked people to send in, send in their ideas beforehand. Um, and there was a lot of really good ones. So I wanted to go through those and let's come up with a little table. Um, we'll, we'll kind of just read the table out, I guess I should say. (laughs) Yeah. So I asked the question about what is, you know, something interesting, like a, a piece of treasure that you could find buried in the snow. So we're up in the Midwest, so it's snowing, of course, right now. Um, so people send in their ideas. Uh, so I don't know, Andy, should I just kind of read down the list or do you want to? Yeah, go ahead and just uh, read down the list. Yeah. Um, so Tim said, a vial of a frozen potion, of which you're not sure if it will still be good when it thaws. I like that one a lot because I think you could do as a GM, you could have the potion start to change as it's thawing as well, I think, to then like urge the party to either take it immediately or get rid of it. <laughs> Yeah, I like uh, I like that idea so much that I immediately like duplicated that idea in the uh, in your call for submissions, and I yes. glanced <laughs> slightly up the page. Yeah. I was like, okay, someone else just said that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of like you know when you put if you put like a a can of pop or something in the freezer and it like breaks the can open. I like mm. the idea that you have this broken this like ice pop potion. That's like yeah. broken its container. So as soon as it starts to melt, you're going to lose it. Uh, so do you like, Ooh. do you try and chug it down on the spot or what? Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. So maybe uh, the tweak to that would just be, let's change it to a, a broken vial. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So the potion side's frozen. Um, okay. So then Aaron said a, a circular shield emblazoned with the symbol of an ancient civilization, which, yeah. Always fantastic. And then his daughter said a hundred strawberries or, and this is my personal favorite or one giant strawberry. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be the giant strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim had another idea, a single coin from a long forgotten civilization that seems strangely warm to the touch, which is great. Yep. I think I would describe that as, well, let me ask you, Andy, how would you describe that coin if they ran across it? I don't know. Strangely warm. I think. Uh, I think that there would have to be, it would have to be sitting in a little depression of like kind of melted ice. Uh, yes. And I mean, people would, most of the players I'm familiar with would freak out and spend like 20 minutes trying to figure out who's going <laughs> to, how are they going to touch it? How are they going to move it? Yeah. Like how, you know. <laughs> yeah. But really it's just, it's a gold piece that's like. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Um, Aaron's wife said a tiny extinct creature. Did it freeze to death or was it just hibernating? Which, oh. Yeah. Again, the party would name that thing immediately. And it would be very important to uh, make sure that it's okay forever. I feel like maybe the intent of that was like a tiny cute creature, but I immediately thought of like the movie The Thing. Uh, which oh. Is... <laughs> Which is that, but like the not cute version of that. Yeah. (laughs) Jess said footprints that lead away into the snow and then mysteriously just stop without turning back. Oh, that's great. Which is, that's good. (laughs) I I mean, to me, the question is like, how far would you make them go, you know, out before they, before they disappear? Yes. (laughs) Um, And then Kyle said a bone mass that gives the wearer 60 feet of heat vision and keen senses of smell and hearing, which sounds like the most useful possible thing (laughs) to find in like the snow. Yes. See, I love that idea, but uh, I think trying to zero in on the least useful possible power it could have for someone stuck in like a blizzard. I think there's a lot of riches in that, in that direction. Yeah, Yeah, it's super fun. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you to everybody who played along. Um, This is really good. I think it was more than six, but I I liked all of them. So yeah. read all of them but yeah uh please let us know if you end up using any of those i think i'm for sure probably going to use the giant strawberry somewhere because i I like the idea of running across (laughs) a fresh piece of fruit in the middle of nowhere (laughs) yes yeah yeah so where it should absolutely not be uh yeah Yeah. (laughs) so hey chris before we move on to the next uh i guess segment do we call it segments or is that too professional that's very professional yes i will i take it let's go let's go with it Okay. Uh, yeah, I had one a question I wanted to ask you, but uh, if you had something else you wanted to, to do. First. No, go for it. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask because so the new year kind of came and went. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like a resolutions person or not. But mm. I was wondering if you would be willing to share like maybe one reflection on your gaming experience last year. And maybe oh. one we don't have to say it's a resolution because that sounds awfully like it carries a weight of expectation, but maybe (laughs) one hope or plan for 2021 as far as gaming goes. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I have no expectations for 2021, so I'm trying to not have any resolutions either about what's going to happen. Was it a good year for you last year? I mean, as far as gaming, and we all know it was not a good year in any objective sense, but yeah, objectively, it, it wasn't, although there are some some highlights. So I think there's this strange, strange thing. I, I think everybody will, will kind of understand this if you, you've spent any amount of time reflecting on your life. But lots of bad stuff can happen, but then there's good stuff sort of sprinkled throughout. Like, you know, like I, we have a second kid. Like we just had, we had a baby last year, you know. I ended up getting really close to some certain people that I was surprised to get close to because of just the pandemic and and all that. Um, but as far as gaming is concerned, I think the thing that I really realized about myself is that I enjoy doing like one shots and short campaigns way more than I like doing long campaigns. Hmm. So I think most of my gaming this past year was was these sort of short, short little things. Like so, yeah, one session. For the most part. Yeah. And I really like that. And I think there's something that's, you know, with playing online and then also with the yeah, kind of pandemic protocols. So if you're in person, you're, you're distance and stuff. One shots like that work better. So I am really interested to do more of that in 2021 just to sort of try a bunch of different things, I think it is, is the thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to. But yeah, what about you? Do you have any any reflections? The highlight, I, I had a couple things that were good moments uh, you know, last year, as far as gaming goes. And one of them is simply getting to know a lot of the people that have like appeared on this podcast with us as guests, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, being just surprised at how nice it is to have, a you know, 
a community of, of friendly people like that in your hobby. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. So that's been like a, that's been a really nice thing. And even when people just show up on the podcast uh, and we only have 45 minutes with them and then we don't really interact with them too much after that. I don't know. I, I count myself really lucky to have this podcast and opportunity to talk to cool mm -hmm. people. Um, so, oh yeah, totally agreed. So, yeah. and, and that was just really uh, reinforced this last year. And like, I really appreciated, I mean, we missed you while you were gone, but I really appreciated the chance to have John uh, Corey on as a co-host and, Anyway, yeah. uh, but the other thing is, uh, you know, I really ended up enjoying after what I thought was a kind of shaky start. I really ended up enjoying that alien uh, campaign. And, oh, cool. yeah. uh, you know, after we finished playing it, I was like, oh, that was fun. But I I don't need to play alien again, you know, for a very long time. But just in the last couple of weeks, I've been, you know, feeling kind of that call to like, yeah, maybe, you know, I wonder what else I could do with this uh, with with oh. us and, and it was just a good confidence booster as far as uh running something online that went well uh, mm -hmm. i you know i've run stuff online and it's gone fine but that mm -hmm. was the first one where after we wrapped up that campaign i i felt good you know i felt i felt really pleased with how it had turned out and that was just a little confidence booster i needed and so that's led into one of my 2021 not resolutions but kind of plans which is um to run just just to run something regularly and um, so we've already had the first session of a, a band of blades campaign. Oh, I didn't realize you had the first session already. Yeah. Well, it was the character creation oh, yeah, yeah. campaign okay, session yeah. zero, I guess you might call it. And okay. it was such an, ins uh, such an inspiring session and just seeing how enthusiastic the players were about it. And, you know, we're not doing anything ambitious is we're just going to play once a month and we'll see how it goes. But, um, mm -hmm. so I hope to do more gaming than just that. But if we get a good ways into a band of blades campaign, I feel very happy. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So how many, I mean, can I ask a couple questions about that? Yeah, of for sure. Yep. So, um, I mean, Band of Blades, there is like a set amount of sessions, right? That you play through. There's yes. an end game. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's a ticking yeah. clock The the actual number of sessions can be a little variable, but there mm -hmm. is a clock that, um, is counting down. Uh, and okay. you can lose the game by not getting to your destination uh, by the time, oh the timer runs out basically there's okay. things you can do in the game to slow the timer down a little bit and there's things that mm -hmm. can happen that speed it up but overall i mean the intent of it is that 10 to 15 sessions or something is probably okay. about as long as i would see a game going and then, yeah. but then you either lose or win so yeah that's really great um yeah so then you did session zero i guess were you surprised by the sorts of characters that people made i was uh yeah well that that game is fairly prescribed in like sort of the sorts of characters you build. So okay. it's not like everyone is brainstorming like crazy, like, you know, I'm a tiefling cleric, <laughs> you know, but what I was surprised by, I shouldn't have been surprised by this, but I was just surprised by how enthusiastic people were um, <laughs> and how much people are excited to kind of engage with the premise. Yeah. I don't know. It left me with a good feeling. We have four players. The game, since it's a little bit more structured than like D and D you're really, not supposed to go more than five players so um okay. we're gonna i think four is almost a perfect number of players yeah it's it's interesting i mean we've talked a lot on this podcast i think about the expectations and you know sort of like how much how much do you make the players understand the rules and things like that and it sounds like the group that you have is is coming at the game in the way that you really want players to come at in the game would you say that's true definitely you know yeah. and this is not to cast aspersions in any way on other groups i've played with but it was mm -hmm. nice 
I've been prompted a couple of times since that character creation session by players saying, hey, when are we meeting? And hey, oh. here's my character idea. What do you think? And I don't know. It's just it's just fun to be not feel like I have the burden of kind of maintaining the enthusiasm and momentum of yeah. the game. So and I hope that that means that the players will, you know, keep me on track and accountable as well. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds like more of a like an equal partnership rather than you dragging an entire group along. You yeah, know, like <laughs> which can sometimes happen. But yeah, and you know yeah. sometimes that's fine too. You know, it's not. Yeah, yeah. As we've discussed, you know, the the each game is it has a unique dynamic between the GM and the players and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. But uh, but this will mm -hmm. be a fun one for me. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that I can drop in and make a guest appearance at least once. Yeah, please do. I think just totally it, the... derail everything. Well, I think the game is pretty much like a meat grinder as far as uh, okay. PC life expectancy. So it'd be trivial for you to pop in and play an almost certainly doomed like rookie character uh, for one <laughs> session. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so I uh, anyway, didn't mean to derail us quite so much with uh, Band of no, Blades stuff, good. but I'm looking forward to it. I'm also terrified by the actual Band of Blades rules, which are uh, mm -hmm. which are terrifying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're dense. But uh, <laughs> But we'll see how it goes, and I'll certainly you'll you will not be able to avoid hearing occasional updates on this podcast. Oh yeah, like yeah, this. for sure. I mean, the nice thing about like even like playing Blades in the Dark, um, there's a there's a ton of rules, and it does help to to understand all of them. But you can also still have fun, you know, without getting everything quite right. And I know from the people that you have in that group, there's enough enough other like GM experience that you'll be able to you know, piece things together. Yes. Actually the, yeah. the thing that made me finally be able to feel really excited about this, despite my terror of the band of blades rules is everybody I'm playing with is like in a, a GM with usually a lot of experience. So I, yeah. I am fully anticipate there will be times where I will be like, help me out guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, help me out. <laughs> And I will yeah. get help because it's for people that are great gems. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Like running the uh, the dungeon, you know, the the last episode was just really fun because like when you're playing with gems, it, we talked a little bit about it too. Like, and Tim had brought this up. But like, there's always that moment when you're a GM playing in a game where you're like, you have to stop yourself from just taking control. <laughs> yes. You know, or like, or just interjecting, you know, what you would do if, if it was sort of your, your campaign that you're running. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, to me, that's, that's a really useful part about it. But I mean, if you, if you were overly defensive, that could be a bad, <laughs> a bad <laughs> Yes, thing. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, one last question for you. I mean, is there a particular game you plan to run in 2021 or a particular one shot you're already fashioning in your mind or are you just going to see what happens? Yeah, I have uh, one particular idea. And yeah, I think I can share it here. I really, so I'm a woodworker. Um, is another hobby of mine. Um, so I really want to make a, a fairly intricate puzzle box that become sort of the set piece Ooh. of the game oh my goodness. so that you at the beginning of it you're handed a puzzle you know like a puzzle box so like there's only a certain way to open it it's not very clear um and then um also to set up like certain keys and things like that that they need to collect throughout hmm. in order to open it so that's my big plan it'll probably happen in like 2022 <laughs> yeah. be my guess. but like i really want to try it because i think there could be something super fun about the tactile nature of that oh absolutely to, Especially just being able to like at certain points hand them a key and it's like this thing you've been trying this mechanism you've been trying to open like you were missing missing this part um, 
is part of it. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, as yeah. if that takes shape, I hope you'll report back on the show here. Um, oh, because of course, it sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you probably will not get me to shut up about it if it works, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something like, so there's that. And then I think, I mean, I've been talking about it forever. Um, the, I want to do a cyberpunk something. Yep. The recent game that came out, like the video game has sort of sucked a little bit of wind out of my sails <laughs> yes. for that, but maybe I should look at it as an opportunity to tell the the story that I want to That's right, in yeah. the cyberpunk universe. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got going on. Okay. But then I'm hoping that I get to be, you know, a player in a couple games too. Like I'm, I'm playing in a few things that I think are like sort of wrapping up. There's a, a long running Eternal Lies campaign I've been playing with Matt Wilson. Yeah. And I think we we have our maybe our last session okay. next week, which has been which is super exciting. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything, so maybe we can talk off the air. But I have to learn if there was like any kind of twist at the end that you weren't expecting, and yeah. and how it played out. But I, it's a big, it's like a big secret. There's like a Warning at the beginning of that book that's like, please don't share this yeah. spoiler on the internet. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to finishing that campaign up and then going and reading all the stuff that I've been avoiding. So like anytime that I see Eternal Lies pop up on a blog, something like that, I just like quickly close the tab. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't I can't know anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So the GM you've been using for that game, in the past he's gone all out, if I recall correctly, on things like like immersive props and things like that. Oh, is yeah. that correct? Is that, yeah. How, how has that been affected by the pandemic and remote gaming? Oh, greatly. Yeah. I feel bad for Matt. Um, he, like he had plans for a really cool prop based puzzle for every chapter, but that just that sort of fell apart from the pandemic. Yeah. The one, I mean, he had a super great one. I think in the first chapter was the only one that we met all the way through. Maybe the, the second chapter of that, right? Cause the eternalized is split into separate chapters, or at least that's how he's running it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he brought, he brought in an actual lock box. Oh. Like it was just so cool. Right. And so we had to get the key and open, open the box and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah. There's something about that, that setting. I think that lends itself well to those sort of physical puzzles. Yeah. Cause just cause I think the setting, you know, 1930s or so, like you don't just have, computers to solve problems for you yeah you know but it's still a little bit sophisticated so there's some mechanical stuff that can happen yeah (laughs) well there's something about that era if you think of like you know pulpy adventure uh and kind of pulp archaeology and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing there's all of those old puzzles are always so physical you know there's Mm -hmm. no computer password guessing or uh, code hacking or anything like that um you know if you want to solve the puzzle it is a big it is a physical puzzle you have to push around with your hands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, yeah, and you better hope that you're doing it right because you can't push those things around forever. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. And I'm glad that um, some some of that has shown through even in remote uh, mm-hmm. gaming. So, Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, you know, so we've been talking for like 20 minutes. I'd like to roll on the, the actual table of topics. Yeah. It's been, been a while since we've it's done that. It's been a while. If we, yeah, if we can. Um, so I think I have a D10 handy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll. Please you, do. You announce what we're going to talk about. Oh, I will. Probably 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Two. A two. Oh, this is a, uh, this is a always relevant one. How do you handle game scheduling? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you um, handle game scheduling? Uh, I guess is. Yeah. I wish I had someone to delegate it to. I mean, this is one of those uh, topics every GM will like raise their hand mm-hmm. and 
and sight as one of the big challenges of role-playing, right? And uh, it certainly has not gone away with a year of remote gaming. So why don't we start (laughs) by you telling me uh, how you schedule your, how you have scheduled your games in the past. Um, There, I had a realization fairly recently about this. Um, So I'm glad this got rolled because I just, yeah, this is just always on my mind. When you are trying to schedule something, there, there's two steps and you cannot combine them or else you're going to run into pain. (laughs) So the first step is you need to figure out who's going to play, like who is interested in playing, right? Like that, that is a whole separate thing from scheduling, Mm. scheduling a game. And I have, I've combined those things before and it just ends up being a problem. Or you try to do it in the reverse where you like pick a day and then try to find the people. And that, that's always a, a big ordeal as well. So you need to find the people and then as far as actual scheduling goes then from there that's where things get a little fuzzy but i think once you've locked down the group that really just that helps helps with the scheduling yeah part um yeah so i typically use doodle to do the actual scheduling just i mean i think there's a million other options out there now for like hey here are a bunch of times tell me when you can you can make it yeah that seems to work best for me and i like to keep it to just a, a handful of times as well rather than like here's the next seven months, you know, let me, let me know every day that works. Um, but yeah, so that, that seems to work. Okay. At least for the, the sorts of people that I'm playing games with now. Um, I don't know. I think if I was in a different life stage and I had different sorts of friends, it would be like just way too formal (laughs) for sure. Formal of a setup, but yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Well, I can tell you the way like that, over the last couple of years, the way I typically schedule games, and this is literally the worst possible way you could schedule role-playing games. Uh And this is what I would do until fairly recently where I've gotten my act together a little bit with some inspiration from you guys, from you and others we've had on the show. So Mm -hmm. the typical way I would do this is I would send out an email. That email, I'm glad you mentioned you got to like kind of nail down your players as part of this um, because my email would go out usually... And maybe 30% of the people who are receiving the email have expressed like interest in playing, but not commitment in playing. And, okay. and like, I mean, so they're genuinely interested, but they are not in a place in their life where they can say, I'll definitely be able to commit to this. So yeah. that's kind of like one strike against the odds of successful scheduling right there. And then my email will say something like, you know, hey, let's all get together. How does such and such a date work? And then over the course of like the next week, emails will trickle in and uh, usually several people will say that'll work great. And then, you know, at some point, though, someone will say, I can't do that date. So then (laughs) you kind of go through this like email shuffle, email dance where you're like, well, what about this date? And can you suggest another date? And that never works with anyone else. And uh, eventually we settle on a date and like half of the people can make it tops and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's enough to have a, and you play and you have a great time and that's fine. And then, uh, and then continuing my, you know, strategy, my worst possible strategy. Then after that game, I would send out another email saying, Hey, that was fun. When do we want to meet again? How about such and such a date? And then we repeat the process. (laughs) So that's, uh, that's bad on so many levels. Uh, it, it's a way of maximizing like chaos and uncertainty and dramatically increasing (laughs) the odds that you and the players will just tire of this and lose your enthusiasm for playing it all so Mm -hmm. Uh, how's that for like worst case scenario uh that's that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good for worst case scenario (laughs) yeah so lately with the uh, with aliens 
uh, and with this Band of Blades game, you know, I've been being smarter and realizing that, you know, this discussion is part of the game you're playing, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. so if it's a confusing, irritating process for everybody, you are dampening everybody's enthusiasm for the game before you even get to the table, right? So yeah. for for the Alien game, you know, I start I used Doodle to um, put out some dates and just get some firm commitments about when people can make it. And with Band of mm-hmm. Blades, before we start the campaign, we are establishing like a, we're going to meet on the X on the whatever, the first Thursday of every month period. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to be it. Um, and that cuts out that whole having to schedule a new after every single game. And so a big smarter Mm -hmm. about it now, and it seems to be working, but you know, check in with me in six months to see how this is going. (laughs) Yeah. In six months, it will have shifted to like the, the second Tuesday and then the third Wednesday (laughs) (laughs) competing months. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's 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 really tricky. I mean, so again, that Eternal Eyes campaign, um, we so one of the players is really good about as soon as we're done, we schedule the next session. Like while we're all all still on the call or all still in person, we schedule the next one. Yep, that's smart. And we have we have a set time that that generally works. So we're, it's always sort of like you know seven p.m. You know, just sort of like which day. Like let's start two weeks out and see if that day works, and then we can take it from there. Yeah, um, yeah. So that works really well. But we've also been playing together long enough that all of our schedules have ended up sort of synced such that this, this can work. Um, I think especially when you're working with like a new group, you know, or if you're doing like a short campaign, I think that's where things get really tricky. And so like for your alien game, um, your aliens game, like if, you know, if two of us couldn't be there for whatever reason, you'd have to cancel. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's like a threshold of players at which you can just say, this is the day we're playing no matter what. And to me, that's like, that's another distinction in this too, right? It's like, when do you just like set the game in stone and just like, we're going to play no matter what yeah. versus like, when do you cancel? Yeah. I guess, yeah. What's what, do you have like a line where you're like, I will not play one-on-one with, <laughs> with the group. Yeah. That's, you... a, that's a great question. I mean, so generally speaking, of course it could vary depending on the game, but generally speaking, I will cancel a game if only two players can be there i mean i think Mm -hmm. you could you can of course have a great game with two players but yeah if only two people can make it besides the gm i don't know that's uh it's pretty rare that like a role-playing game like mechanically speaking can support a large you know drop in party size from adventure (laughs) to adventure you know i mean that's if you're playing DD by the book you know that really messes with uh, encounter balance and challenge levels and stuff like that. And that adds work to you as a GM to reconfigure mm-hmm. stuff on the fly. So, you know, um, that said, if I don't have a hard and fast rule, but if it were just two people, that's usually where I'm like, eh, it's probably worth canceling. Um, how about you? Yeah. Um, I have, so in the past, what I've done, um, let me back up. So like when I ran my, like my long run in D and D campaign, there was a couple times where it was only, only two people could show up. Mm-hmm. And so then we would just, I just, improv basically the session yeah those ended up being really fun right like so it's it sort of it ended up being a a separate story from the main story but it ended up being a you know a little like side thing that we could do so uh, yeah to me those have been really enjoyable and that really gave me the confidence to stick with just if there is a day on the schedule like unless i can't make it for whatever reason like keep it yeah because like it does go back to the like what you were saying earlier about like setting expectations even with that initial planning email if you 
are willing to sort of flake on the day that you've said that it's going to happen, I think that gives people permission later on to start flaking mm. yep. on those days or to, or to like, they've gotten, they get the message that, oh, this is actually really, this is more flexible yep. than like us picking a day, which can be good. But I mean, for me, like for me and my personality, I really need to know like we're playing or we're not like and I've, I've made the decision like I'm, pl- I'm playing or I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can't, I can't go back and forth. Right. I've done that before where I try to like make it work, you know, try to like quickly reschedule for the next day or the day before. And it just causes so much stress and so much pressure. And you're like, this is an optional fun activity. Why am I <laughs> causing myself stress <laughs> over this? Yeah. Over the last five or so years, I have come to understand scheduling as uh, as a way of respecting your players um, and yeah. that is so I I typically am less busy and my life is less busy than most of my players. So mm-hmm. thinking about my last uh, D&D group and we did some uh, one ring, I think I was probably like the most flexible schedule person there. And so mm-hmm. when I would like cancel or re- and so other people in that group were picking a day a month out because that was like the one day a month they didn't have school and family and church and work requirements. Mm-hmm. And so if we are in a situation where like the day before we're suddenly rescheduling or talking about canceling, you know, that's more than just kind of, oh, a bummer. We won't be able to play that week. That is like uh, putting that person in a tough spot of like because they have you know, they have committed and put plugged in their schedule this time that's mm-hmm. really a precious resource for them. So, you know, for that reason, as you know, it's not just a matter of like personal annoyance at making that decision about whether to cancel or reschedule. It's also a matter of like other other people, this cost more for other people to commit to this evening. And so if I just casually mm-hmm. say, ah, let's just skip it this week, you know, I don't know. Um, that yeah. That's a something I I feel like that's disrespectful to players. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, like, they're your friends, right? It's like, you don't yeah. want to, there are certain things where it's, it's fun to cancel plans on, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, right? Like, I'll just come out and say it. Like, sometimes there's a party that you feel like you're supposed to go to, and you just don't want to, yeah. right? Like, so canceling on that is probably fine, right? Because there's 30 other people who are going to be, be at this thing. You know, like, canceling on, like, I'm going to a graduation party. Right. Like you can send your card. It's fine. (laughs) Like, yeah, Yeah. it's not, it's not the end of the world. They're not waiting for you to, you know, to roll, you know, to roll the hit (laughs) at the graduation party, you know, like, yeah. So there's that element of it too. Right. Like there, there are certain social things where like, it's kind of okay to cancel, but like there, yeah, there is something about gaming, not that gaming is so important, but it's the, the investment from everybody on it. I think like, yeah, you're, you're just right on with that. Like it can take a lot to schedule for certain people. Like, I know I'm in a particular life circumstance where like, it's, it's hard. Like I, I need to plan ahead of time, you know, to, to be somewhere at a certain time, um, just because of the age of my kids and stuff, like even with the pandemic, right. It's like, it's actually gotten a little bit harder. Yeah. How, how ways. is that the case yeah. by the way? I mean, how, oh, how, yeah. how, how can that have happened? But anyway, carry yeah. on. I know, you know, I'm not like talking with other people. Like it's, it's very different depending on your circumstances, you know, what ended up happening, you know, what, what ends up happening, with you, um, I would just recommend uh, for the next pandemic that rolls around, don't have a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, just also don't change jobs. Like don't don't do what I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So hey, um, I yeah. I have a different question for you about scheduling. Have mm-hmm. you ever yeah. uh, 
been in a situation where you could do this or thought about assigning another person to be the official like scheduler and logistics manager of your gaming mm-hmm. group? Yeah, um, I, I've, I've thought about it. I haven't done it because I'm, I'm hesitant to like hand off that emotional labor to someone else. So like for my previous job, I did a lot of scheduling stuff with with busy busy professionals and stuff and like so knowing just the amount of effort it takes to get something on the schedule like it seems like such an easy thing to do um so i'm, I'm hesitant to like yeah to pawn that off onto someone else um, but it sure does sound nice yeah <laughs> you know yeah i think if i had if i had a group that was meeting regularly that there was someone that had that sort of like mindset and an administrative skill that they and desire to do it i would be happy to hand it yeah. off Hand it off to them. But, yeah, have you looked into that? I've, at all? I've not. I I think it's same with you. If I I I do know some people that you know probably would be, if they were gamers, you know probably would be happy to have that be a way they contributed to the group, um, mm-hmm. you know, by managing that stuff. But nobody I'm gaming with right now that I feel comfortable, you know, um, please do this. And also, you know, it's part of being a GM. You know, as you say, mm-hmm. it's it's a big thing to hand off. Have you ever thought about, um, and this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately. So like occasionally a night will free up for me where it's just like, well, I don't have anything to do, do tonight. Have you ever, ever run a session like super ad hoc in that like it's, it's 8 p.m. You don't have anything to do. So you just call a couple people and say like, let's play something not in a really long time um okay so you you have done that in the past uh, so i have done that so the uh-huh. only in the only context in which i've done that in like the last decade has been with my mm-hmm. kids so okay. when you have kids and you know you can say hey kids let's sit down and let's just uh let's just play D. and my kids have kind of phased in and out of of that being fun for them over the years but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've I've done it. Like it's it's a little different with kids than with adults. I I don't really know any grown-ups right now I could call and say, "Hey, do you want to swing by and play D&D my evening just freed up?" You know. Yeah. Um I mean, I think you would have to go back to like, you know, college years for me to find it <laughs> to find a time when, you know, you could legit just say, "Hey, do you want to come over right now and play yeah. D&D?" Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I was just thinking about college when like you'd sometimes just be so bored you just kind of wander around and just like whatever was happening like (laughs) i guess i'm playing poker now (laughs) yes exactly oh i mean so Um, much of college is that yeah uh what a yeah what a time to be a gamer what an age to be a gamer like you know uh... (laughs) yeah um no you know i i've never done that like i've never done this but i think like i really want to try it sometime like in some ways, I feel like, you know, Zoom and online gaming would be more conducive towards this, right? Because mm-hmm. it's less like, okay, come on out over to my place. It's just like, hey, you're watching Netflix at home. Like, I'm going to do that anyway, right? Like, let's just get a couple other people together and we'll play. We'll roll yeah. up some characters real quick and play something. I-, I really like the idea of that. Like, so this would be the opposite of scheduling. would be, you know, very <laughs> ad hoc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea behind that quite a bit. Um, I think there's a bit of nervousness for me about that, but I don't know why. It's like I, yeah, like at a certain point you're capable enough as a GM, I think that you can just do that. Like you could just wing, wing a game or play something that you've already run before like that. So there's no real reason like you couldn't do it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean so yeah i'm sensing that you think this is like insane you're like you can't <laughs> it, it honestly it i mean 
no there's no no bad ideas here in this, <laughs> in this podcast yeah. space but uh except for this one <laughs> but uh i don't know i mean that that kind of makes me want to like try it sometime to like yeah. message someone and say hey but but the answer would be no <laughs> like what are you, <laughs> yeah. what are you yeah what are you talking about <laughs> like right, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, All right. So well, you, if anyone who's listening to this, if you um, try to just message Andy or I at some point and just ask us to play and see what happens, <laughs> yes. it sounds like it sounds like both of us are intrigued by the idea of not having any time to stress about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we should wrap up our conversation here before too long. Yeah. But before we go, mm-hmm. um, why don't we talk about like real nitty gritty scheduling tools that you use? Um, so we mm-hmm. both mentioned using Doodle which is like mm-hmm. an online scheduler where you can like propose a couple of dates and people can vote on which um, which day or dates they can make. Do you mm-hmm. use other tools or who have, you, have you seen other tools that would be useful or could be useful? Yeah, that's the one I'm most familiar with other than if you can, if you're some, for, for some reason talking to everybody, say at the end of it, another session, right? Like everybody pulls up their calendar and just, you know, puts it in right then. Um, Doodle... Like I like Doodle a lot and I tend to keep it um, rather than being granular with it. Like I'll, I'll pick a time of day and then it's just, we'll open up a bunch of like the days that work. So it's like, we're going to play at 7 PM. We just got to figure out which day we're going to play at 7 PM. Um, that seems to work relatively well for folks. There's another one that I've used. It's very similar. It's like time to meet or find a time to meet something like that. Right. Okay. Like, and I'm yep. sure I'm sure like even Facebook has a thing that can do this for you now too. In a professional context, the other thing that I've used is called Calendly, which is really useful for scheduling meetings. Um, although I don't know how you might use that for scheduling D and D. But if you're in any sort of business context and you need to schedule meetings, I would I would recommend that. Yeah. Um, that's just like another. That's way outside D and D and RPGs, but yeah. That is like peak like 2017 right there a service called like yeah. calendly or something yeah. yes yes yeah <laughs> so yeah. but i'm glad you mentioned that actually so like when you guys when you have settled on a time how do you between the time when you choose and the time when you actually get together how do you kind of uh remind people do you like do you like share a google calendar event or do you just email and say don't forget next week is game night like what do you do mm-hmm. yeah i usually just email maybe maybe twice in between then you know, a day before and maybe yeah, the week before. Um, if that, I should probably create calendar invites. That's pretty smart. I get, just got invited to a game and that George is going to run and he he created a calendar invite for it, which was really nice. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, sounds, yeah. Do that do? sounds like something do I should you? do. I do not do that, but yeah. I clearly I should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it, I am a little surprised that of the like numerous virtual tabletops that are out there that they don't just have built in like a uh, scheduling widget of some sort that like lets you mm-hmm. a doodle, st- you know, that lets you pick a date and uh, stuff like that. Now, maybe there are some virtual tabletops that do incorporate that, but that that uh, seems like kind of a big part of the gaming logistic logistics experience that. Um, yeah, I wonder. I mean, I know there's a um, we talked with Al McWilliams a long time ago, his company Guild yeah. has a it has something about this. I've been meaning to check it out. I know that they're making a lot of progress too with that, but yeah, there's, there's something, there's some opportunities there for sure. I think to just to make it a little bit easier to schedule. But 
Um, well, my my baby is waking up right now, so I think yeah, we should wrap up. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that, uh, is that <laughs> little baby Chris that we're hearing? Yes, know? yeah, it is. Okay. He's he's fussing, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think this was a pretty good, pretty good discussion. Um, okay. I feel like we've said a lot of these things in previous episodes, but this is nice to Almost have it certainly, in, in yes. one that we can point back to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, two years, so. two years in, we're like, you know, there's going to be a lot of recycling of ideas we've had before. Uh, just comes yes. with the territory. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Andy. This has been really good. It um, has. I've been, yeah, I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. Yeah.